In business and life, relationships are everything. Welcome to the People Catalyst Podcast, where we interview top business leaders and learn how they build relationships with their teams, clients, and those that promote and refer them. Here's your host, business trainer and leader of the People Catalyst team, Carla Nelson. And welcome to the People Catalyst Podcast, Mr. Alan Fadden. Hello, Carla. Hello, kind sir. How are you today? 2020, oh, first podcast of the year. We got some time off for uh, the holidays, so. Yes. Oh, let's have another holiday right away. Oh, wait. <laughs> I got to the point I was ready to get back to work by the time the, the six came around. A lot of people just based off the way the holidays fell. It was kind of nice. We got to spend some time. I'm sure everyone has already written their goals for 2020. <laughs> yes, or at least the 20% who do. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of a challenging statistic there. We're doing a little bit of research on goals because everybody talks about writing your goals for the year, which is critical. It's really important to understand you know, where you're going to go. And so what we're going to talk about is how to turn your goals into gold in 2020. And obviously you can apply it any time of the year. I just think 2020 is cool. I, it didn't seem that long ago we were going to party like it's 1999. That's right. <laughs> I, I did the math on that and I was like, oh man. Oh yeah, that was too long ago. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so in order to achieve your uh, goals, and just for the context purposes, we are not talking about personal goals. These can, these, uh, what we're going to talk about today in strategies and using the Hoodoo method in order to achieve your goals can be applied to personal, but for the purpose of this podcast, we're specifically talking about business goals and, and how to facilitate your team. And you have to remember one of my great mentors of all time has one of the best quotes on this, Alan, which is, if you aim for nothing, you'll hit it with amazing accuracy. Mm -hmm. Zig Ziglar. And I always like that because it really creates a visual around, you know, how will you know where you're going, right? And then for a team, understanding that we're all going there together. And there are psychological neuroscience proven facts about why you write goals. And there's this really interesting uh, Forbes article on it that broke down the two really main reasons why it's critical to write your goals down, um, which identifies the external storage, right? It is sitting yep. someplace. That is your bullseye that you've created, regardless if your bullseye is sitting on a piece of paper in your computer, right? Some people write them on their um, whiteboard. I've had seen people write them on their uh, mirrors, right? So they see it every single morning. So it's actually having that external storage of writing where it is that you want to go. But the second one is kind of a little bit more interesting. And, you know, I never heard it called this before reading the article, which was encoding. Uh, yeah. And Alan, you know this, I write everything down. I got pieces of paper everywhere. And it's not that I don't know how to type. I actually type really well, but I can't remember things when I type it. And encoding is a biological process where our perception, right, in our, in our brain, the perception, our external stimulus travels to our hippocampus where then we analyze that data or information and decide what gets tossed out and what we throw out and discard versus what do we store in our long-term memory and i thought that was really really interesting yeah and this is a good uh, a good period of time to build up our long-term memories given the health problems a lot of people are having with forgetting things 
Yeah, so, that's a good and, point. It and, probably does. It's yeah. like a muscle that you that you um, that you build up over time, right? Absolutely, and uh, and I think that's it's an interesting thing because uh, the, believe it or not, there's pain that comes with not doing your goals. For example, how do you know what to say yes to and no to? And especially with shakers who are so random, you know, it's like, oh, that looks good, you know, squirrel, <laughs> shiny object. And uh, so what happens is people get off purpose and let's say they have a goal, even if they don't write down their goals, you know, they kind of know where they want to go. And they say, well, you know, why did I waste this year? I didn't get anywhere near where I wanted mm -hmm. to get. So, uh, so this can be a, a great pain reliever. Uh, which is imprinting your goals. And then you can be very clear about what you don't want to do. And oftentimes saying no to things buys you a lot more time than saying yes to things. Mm, I love that. And your example of the shaker, and we'll get into a little bit about perception in a moment though, is when you write your goals down too, now the shaker can, in doing that and what to say no to, you can say yes and you can play within your goals. So you can that go ahead and embrace your core nature of work, but understand that the object of the exercise is not to come up with another goal. That's why you write it down, right? And to yeah. keep that focus. I, I mean, and we'll go through each of the core natures of work of, in perception a moment, but I agree with you and what you're saying. How do, how do you say yes to what you need to say yes to in order to accomplish it? And then how do you say no to something that's either distracting or not in alignment with where you're going? Because now, you know, in a, as far as a shaker, that's a, lo a lot of times when we see shaker CEOs, if, that's not the case because remember we're talking about company goals is that their run home to mommy is to come up with a new idea and so every <laughs> cor core nature of work is going to respond differently right and the first step is hey we've got to get everybody to agree as a team at least leadership right and the more people on your team that agree with where you're going that's a real big purpose of creating that buy-in right and so I think that, you know, um, in each corner, we'll do it on the wrap up of each coordinators of work of how they see that perception of that goal. So I'm going to make a note on that, Alan, um, that right. we can come back to that just before we move into the how people can use it. Sounds great. It, you know what that reminds me of, though? The Marshall Thurber. Um, <laughs> it, it talk about alignment, oh, yeah. right? Because that's really what we're talking about here is having a team on the same yeah. page. Well, and you think about that, of all the arguing and all the negative thoughts that come when people don't agree, they're not on the same page. So when you set a goal, you have an opportunity for people to, even though people are different, we've said that for years, people are different. So they may view things differently, but if they're all on the same page when it comes to the goals, then that's that's a way to get people aligned. And, and, and what Thurber did was he had bet on every Super Bowl since the very beginning, and he'd never lost a bet. And people said, well, how can you do this? How can you, you know, because there are a lot of upsets and things like that. He says, simple, I don't pay any attention to, you know, how many points they've scored, how many touchdowns or what their yardage is. Uh, I bet on the most aligned team and I've won every year. And mm -hmm. so think about that. Think about these upsets and these uh, sporting teams or when so even a company defies all odds and gets to the top of things. Look, look how, you know, you can't yeah. believe there's going to be another Apple example here, but 
by aligning come- around doing something different, look what look what Apple did. Everybody's pushing in the same direction. That's very powerful. Yes, and it, it doesn't come from doing a ropes course, people. Just saying, those are fun. <laughs> and by the way, it does prove when you are aligned, you can overcome ridiculous obstacles. But the thing is, is that they're given one obstacle with no process by which to make decisions. And so you can get aligned going over um, a ropes course because there's one objective. What right. we're going to talk about today is, you know, how do you get aligned with these goals that you want to achieve? over a 12 month process. And so in looking at that, you know, and, and I think we should just jump into the, the how a mover, shaker, prover, and maker would write goals. Um, so, you know, or their perception, how about, not how they write goals, their perception of how far out a shaker will look than say a maker, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah, good one. So, you know, each coordinator of work is gonna have a different, you know, so a shaker, right, is going to be big picture, 50,000 feet. And you've got your mover is going to get down to 15,000 feet. And then your prover is going to get down to 5,000 feet. And then your maker is down at 500 feet. So understanding that is critical, right, of who's on your team and their perception of how they would see writing goals differently. Absolutely. And, you know, a, a shaker will say have a goal that's that's so lofty that you know you may people just kind of shake their heads you know well we're going to change the world by doing blah 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 mm-hmm. and uh whereas a mover may have a more practical thing which is let's increase our market share this year by 20 uh, percent oh mm-hmm. those two would work very well together if they're on the same page you know maybe uh, that's all you need is a 20 percent increase uh, increase in market share to take over the world of whatever your category is and be the best in the world. But then a prover's got a completely different viewpoint. Oh, I think our goal should be reduce spending. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, and then the maker, you never know what the maker's going to have as a goal. <laughs> and I'll give you an example of that. I was speaking once before a chamber of commerce audience, teaching them a creativity seminar and, at the very end, I said, well, what do you think? Are there any questions? And no hands go up. And then finally, the, and this was a whole room full of makers, you could just tell. Finally, in the back of the room, a hand comes up and, uh, uh, oh, you've got a question. What's your question? And, and she said, could we get some more of those donuts back there in the back? So everybody's got a different viewpoint. And yeah, you know what? It's crazy because if their stomachs were empty and they couldn't pay attention, that actually could be a decent goal. But it's just so different from what you're going to yeah. get from, hey, we want to take over the world to um, can I have some donuts? And so it, that's just, you know, like you were saying, and we've said forever, people are different. So that's why it's so critical to gain that buy in and get the people, everyone on the same page through your ideation. So that's uh, right. we're not you gonna, have to have that. You have to go through that and get everybody on the same page. So if you've got take over the world, increase market share, reduce spending, and you know more donuts, then you have to. They can start. all be compatible exactly. if you communicate. If you communicate. and understand, yeah. Yes, and the other piece I think here, which is critical, Alan, is that when you write goals, typically you know it's twelve months out. So 
it doesn't feel like it's reachable. That's why it's a little bit easier for earlier adopters to go further out than say, you know, I want more donuts or better coffee or something like that. But you also have to run the process twice in ideation because say for instance, you have an agenda that is, you know, we want to rewrite our vision statement. So for instance, ours is we want to revolutionize the way work is done. Well, after you've completed that task, you're going to shift gears into implementation. Now your prover becomes your point guard and you're getting it done. Well, now all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, it needs to be on the website. We need to maybe put it here. We need to like, you stick run the, you know, implementation because it's a, it's, it's, there is a plan by which you're handing it over. And I think a lot of people write goals and they go, okay, let's say we want to increase market share by 15%. Well, you have to then go back because until you have that plan, you have to keep on running ideation and dive down into the how. So it's what are we going to do is ideation. When you're writing goals because it's so far out, then you have to go ideation again. How are we going to do it? Because now it's like, okay, um, come up with all the ideas. We're going to you know, build strategic relationships with commercial banks. We're going to create uh, you know, some type of a, you know, referral program we're going to create add extra points when we facilitate this way so you're going to have to come up with all those ideas yes because the prover's got to have something tangible one a one-liner which is how goals are typically written is not enough to then hand off to the team as far as implementation you know it's going to how much uh when who like all of those things have to be handed off to the prover because you're still going to run into challenges and issues and have to run the process, but you don't hand it off because then you got everybody staring at each other going, okay, we're going to increase market share by 15%. (laughs) Crickets, right? Or it's everybody then running, doing different things. Now they're not moving as a jointed team in the implementation aspect of it. So part of that is to learn, you know, who's, who's got the, uh, right inbox that matches the uh, uh, the right outbox, so that people can talk to each other and understand each other and not have conflict. And that's built into the the hoodoo method. But especially when you get in, into implementation, you start getting into these more finite things. You get you get down to a, a a level of where you're moving from strategy down to tactics, and you're getting like 50 feet off the ground. And that's where it becomes so important. And that's why the prover is a great, great person to be running the implementation part because they are the ones who can organize and run a- Yes, but uh, you don't want to give them a blank page. And right. the other piece of that is, and now here's the key, Alan just said, in the implementation stage, because think about your idea there, you said with the prover earlier, reduce spending, right? What if you handed that off to a prover and that's all you did and didn't figure out how you were going to reduce spending? Right. Disaster. Disaster. For- why? Because you didn't get specific enough. That's why and they're going to make it up and, and they're going to see it and they're going to see that the perception of reducing that spending very different than a shaker, very different than a mover, different than a maker. And so that's why it's critical. Mm-hmm. You have to run the ideation twice. It reminds me of yep. uh, that large bank that remember, Absolutely. You know, yeah. you know where I'm going with that. Yeah, uh, it was a large bank corporation when they uh, repealed the Glass-Steagall Act and allowed banks to own brokerage companies. They decided to buy one of the hottest hottest brokerage companies in the country. And so what did they 
what did they do? Now, these people were going, I mean, their book of business was expanding meteorically. They paid top dollar. It was like a billion dollars they paid for this, this company. And after about a year and a half, the, the book value of it was down to about half of what it was. And all the clients were saying, hey, if you don't, if you don't leave this, this big bank, then we're going to leave you. Uh, otherwise, if you leave them and start something new, we'll go with you. But we can't stand this. And, and, and here's a, you get down to the cause of that. The, uh, the provers had kind of taken over unchallenged. And so one of the things they did was, uh, okay, we bought the company, so you're going to have to change your ways and play by our rules. And they had, uh, because they saved money on airline tickets, they had them fly through hubs. And uh, that was great, except they started missing meetings and being late for meetings. And uh, the customer service was just trash. So nobody had talked this over. And the damage that was done just by taking uh, over a kind of a hot entrepreneurial company and, and laying the rules down on them of the big corporation can be tremendously Even though you can have the same goal. And that's kind of the point yep. here is you can have a goal of reducing spending. And there's a million different ways to implement that. And so you want to not only get buy-in, but you also, it would have been different instead of handing over to the prover, um, here, reduce spending, but then figuring out the how. But think about it. Uh, you didn't give the prover a chance to even poke the hole in the fact of, oh, the idea of not going through hubs. You yep. see, that's the second piece of the ideation is going, they could have said, hey, this is how we can reduce spending. We're going to reduce our travel costs. We're going to go through hubs. And then when you run the process before handing it over, it would have been like, ooh, that might, you know, we got to think about that because now they might have to get in the day before and get a hotel room because missed meetings. <laughs> it could actually fun. increase expenses on that, on that note. Yeah. Well, well, have to have an extra night is, hotels. And they might decide on a different goal instead of reduce spending, it's increased revenue, right? So yep. the whole point is, is that if you give it to another team member unchecked, they're going to run home to mommy. And it's really critical with goals that you not only figure out what to do, but then how are you going to implement it and get as specific as possible. In, in a way where everybody wins. So it's not a zero sum game. You know, when they, when they cut the expenses, made them fly through hubs, well, the uh, parent company won because they had less, fewer expenses, but the, uh, the company they acquired lost big. And then ultimately it came back and bit the parent company in a big chunk. So Yes, because they didn't take the time to analyze it, right? It's yep. just, oh, we need to reduce expenses. So, well, that is awesome. And I have written my goals for 2020. We've written our business goals and we've written our personal goals, which is pretty cool because normally I'm about halfway through January. Um, before I actually get to them. But this year, that was one of the nice things about the holidays. So remember, write your goals down because you create an external storage for your goals. And then you also encode them so that your perception of it travels to your brain, where then you analyze them and figure out what's going to get checked and what's going to get stored uh, long term. So any last words on that, Mr. Allen? Well, I was just thinking of personal goals too, and that reminds me of my famous, uh, my favorite uh, uh, sage of great wisdom, uh, Yogi Berra, who was asked if he uh, wanted his pizza cut into eight slices, and he says, "No, no, absolutely not. Please cut it into six. And I said, "Why?" He said, "Oh, I could never eat eight. So, so if you if you want to lose weight this year, just get your pizza cut into six slices instead of eight, and you're going to be way ahead of the game." 
There you go. Well, awesome. Here's to an awesome 2020, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you for listening to the People Catalyst podcast. And remember, it's a good life.